Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis on this beautiful Friday morning here in Queen City, Texas. We're here in the studio out behind the church, and I'd just like to make sure that you are aware of that we're here out in the studio. This is not a Crossway Church thing. This is a Bible study on Friday morning, so just like a few folks who are here this morning, you're welcome to come. If you're anywhere in the area, just bring your Bible, your pencil, and your paper. Get ready to study God's Word and uh, to uh, hear from the Lord and and increase your walk and your closeness with him i encourage you to do that uh it's the day after thanksgiving i'm a couple pounds heavier than i was yesterday thankful for everything and, and not just at this time of year but every day we're a thankful people for everything the lord is and has done for us praise god uh, i want to remind you of a few things before we dig into the word this morning that i have a youtube page curtis hutchinson 316 we upload our messages there i encourage you to go there and to uh, avail yourself to uh, many messages that are there on my channel uh, also we have a website here it is thecrosswaychurch.com and uh, you can just go there if that's where you need to donate if that's where you need to go and hear some of these messages also but we only keep a year's worth on our website and there is our physical address 610 highway 59 right here in queen city texas and uh, i also want to remind you or let you know rather that on december the 5th uh it's a tuesday that night at 7 p.m beginning that tuesday night at 7 p.m central time i'll begin to release videos i've been recording uh broadcast called god's word god's word in truth and the first series that I've been recording is is entitled uh, the place for grace humility and it's very very encouraging it's very uh, 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 knowledgeable and I pray that you would tune in on Tuesday nights beginning December the 5th at 7 p.m. you can get that on uh, my you uh, my Facebook page and uh, I will probably be uh, uploading those to my YouTube channel as well so you can go later and watch those because those will not be on the website I do not think so uh, one last thing, couple things. I always like to make mention of this book, All God's Works Are Done in Truth. Wrote this book over the last couple years, finally got it printed. Uh, it's usually $15 uh, today. And today is November the 24th, 2017. Today, if you send $10 to the website, go to the website, hit donate, put you know, uh, donate $10. It's usually $15. I'll send you a copy for $10. And uh, just for this Thanksgiving, what we'll call it Black Friday special, praise God. So anyway, 62-page booklet. Uh, guarantee it to help you out. It's not my opinion. It's Scripture defining Scripture defining Scripture. And all God's works are done in truth. Sometimes we, we, we even as cross preachers struggle with that. We'll say out of one side of our mouth that God only works through our faith in the cross and then out the other side of the mouth five minutes later we'll say but God does do some things in our lives even when our faith is not and that's unbiblical God, all of God's works are done in truth amen and truth is Jesus and what Jesus did at Calvary praise God so today it's ten dollars for you not tomorrow but today it's ten dollars so uh, one last thing uh, as of next 
Friday, which I believe will be December the 1st, we uh, as a people here at Crossway Church and some of you that have donated to help us donate Bibles to inmates across Texas, Arkansas, and a few other places, we'll have in a three-year period uh, given 545 Bibles in a three-year period, thanks to your giving, some fundraisers. Sister Stacy's here this morning, and she's held a couple of fundraisers and raised money, and you're giving. Now, that's a lot for a little country church out here in the boondocks. You hear me? 545 Bibles. It cost us $33 to mail each Bible. So I thank God for that opportunity to have that ministry and to be mailing Bibles at that capacity. We usually mail five a week, but over the last five or six weeks, including next week, uh, we've mailed 10. And next week, we will go back after next week, we will go back to five unless hundreds and hundreds of dollars come in uh, again because that is a that's a quite a bit of money uh, and it's it's a it's a well worth it because these inmates are getting the word of God they're getting the expositor study Bible and they're learning about God's word in truth amen Praise God. So, well, if you've been with us for very long, you know that this is our third session in the book of Galatians, and we like to put that on the board behind us. Today is the 24th of November, 2017, the day after Thanksgiving, and, uh, and there's our website, our physical address, and we're in chapter 1 of Galatians. It took us like 51 weeks to get through Ephesians, so this is our third week uh, in Galatians, it's going to be a great study. I pray that you join us here, and uh, if you can't, if you're too far, then tune in every week or go to the archives and hear the teaching. We left off last week in Galatians 1 and 4, and that's where we'll begin this morning. But before we do, let's ask the Lord to give us something today that we need from his daily bread. Amen. Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to, Lord, to be in your word, to be crying out to you for more knowledge, for more grace of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, that we might have the bread of life again today, that you might give us, Lord, something that we do not have, or remind us, Lord, of something that we do have. I pray that you would just increase our knowledge of your Son, and Lord, that your will would be accomplished today in our lives. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, okay, so Galatians 1 and 4, the Bible says, Who, talking about Jesus Christ, if you back up the verse 3, the Bible says, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Now we could stay a long time on, on just any verse in the Bible uh, because every verse in the Bible is attached to each other. So you could go from one to the other and never really uh, expound one Bible verse in years. But I would like to say that Paul here, the reason he wrote this letter to these churches, plural, uh, 
in, in Galatia is because they had been, uh, they were being hoodwinked, they were being bewitched, they were being fooled, uh, they were being seduced and, and called out of the faith back into the law. And it was, it was a hard time. And these messengers of Satan that were buffeting the apostle Paul, uh, that was the thorn in his flesh, I personally believe, because the Bible calls it the messenger of Satan. And the messenger of Satan is the one that comes along and preaches something other than the cross after you've ministered the truth. So these people were already off track. They were already uh, moved away from the faith back into the law. And so he was, he was coming to warn these people that hadn't gone yet not to go and, and really the Lord through Paul was chastening those that had moved their faith away. And so that's, that's the reason this letter was written. It wasn't a praise God, you're doing everything good. No, it's wrong. You're wrong. You're off track and there's danger there in your life. And you know, he gets, he goes as far as when you get into chapter five of, of the letter, uh, that you've moved away from where God can work. So it, it was a powerful letter and it wasn't only to, uh, the churches in Galatia that day, but this is something that's really relevant relevant, hugely relevant for the church today because I speak from experience not only for myself but even for the whole body of Christ that doesn't know how to live for God. Galatians 5 will explain why it is that we got off track because we ran after something other than steadfast faith in the cross. So that's why this letter was being written. But Paul, if you've never really noticed this, you need to understand Paul constantly pointed to Christ. I mean, he yes, he talked about church order. But the reason he talked about church order, as we'll see in a little bit hopefully, is because if we're out of order, God can't be glorified. So in our, if we're out of order, it's because our faith is not legitimate anymore. So everything Paul was about was about pointing people to Christ, not to him, not to the law, but to Christ and what Christ did at Calvary. Everything, all of Paul's ministry was a ministry of reconciliation. And that's, that's you read Paul, I mean, if you're sitting under a, a minister who's preaching all this and that and the other instead of pointing people to the cross, then you're never going to see this. But when you start listening to ministers that preach God's word in truth, means pointing the people of God to Jesus and what he did at Calvary using the scriptures, then you're going to begin to see the truth on every page, warnings on every page, the focus being Christ on every page, every page. I, I mean, Jesus is our Genesis, he's our revelation, he's our bread, he's our... He, the whole Bible is about Jesus. He's the focus, not us, but him, amen. So, Paul says in verse 4, who gave himself for our sins. See, and remember the reason Paul wrote this letter, because he's writing to a people who are off track and headed off track. The ones that were already off track, okay, and the ones who were going to follow them. <coughs> because we're bad about following people. Preacher told me one time, he said, son, if you act like you know where you're going, they'll follow you. Well, that sounds good, but what if you don't know where you're going? Folk are still following you. Somebody's following you. And if you act like you know where you're going, that don't mean you know where you're going. <laughs> Amen. 
So Paul kept the focus on Christ, and he said, who gave himself for our sins. He pointed back to Calvary that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. And as I said last week, in the first four verses, Paul reminds us that we have more than God creator, God this and God that. We have God the Father now. We're in relationship with a heavenly Father who gave his son, our elder brother, Christ for us that we might have our sins blotted out, and it is the will of God and our Father. And then today we're going to move on into verse 5 that says, To whom be glory forever and ever. Now we're probably going to spend probably the rest of this teaching today talking about the glory of God. Because everything God has ever done concerning man which is all we know about. The creation of the heavens and, and the earth and all that has been for us. Everything he's done that we're aware of in the word has been for us. Everything. I mean, the heavens and all the planets, uh, they work together with the earth, which is his headquarters for men. Amen. Not Mars, not scientists trying to find water on Mars. Well, you know what? Even if they did, that don't mean God wants us there. He didn't give us Mars. He gave us the earth. We need to just stick with the Bible. Those are people who are try spend their whole lives trying to prove there's not a God. What a waste of time. Amen. So uh, everything God has done has been for his glory. And we need to look at it in a different way this morning. Maybe it'll help us understand everything in our lives that's not for his glory is really a waste of time. Kind of gets quiet now. People are thinking. And that's what our job is as ministers is to point people to the truth and, and, and to say some things to make them think. Everything God has ever done is for his glory. You might say, well, I thought it was us. I thought it was for us. I thought you just said everything he's done has been for us. Everything he's ever done has been for himself, for his own glory. Now, if we get involved in what glorifies him, our purpose, the purpose he had for us as his highest creation among all things created in his image, then we will glorify him and we will be blessed in that more than we can fathom. Amen. If you remember, the Bible says that all have sinned and have come short of his glory. That means when we fell into sin, we could no longer glorify God. We were here, and as long as we were under his dominion, operating under his dominion, in the dominion he gave us, which that's the only way you can, as long as you accept his dominion over you, you can have the dominion he gave you and walk in that dominion. But the moment we disobeyed God, that means we rejected his dominion and we thought we'd have one of our own because we believe the lie of the devil. Yeah, you're not really going to die. There's just things God's not telling you and there's a whole lot more. And we went with the lie of the devil. And we could no longer represent God. We could no longer glorify God as the people he put here. 
That's how we fell short of the glory of God because as we walked in his purpose for our lives, his will which required faith in what he had already said, most Christians think faith came into play when we sin. No, at man had to live by faith in what God had told him before we ever sinned. Anything to do, to do with men has always required faith. Because faith in what God says to a point where it's a true faith and an obedient obedience comes with faith. You can't separate the two. True faith is found in an act or an act of obedience, doing what God said do. And as long as Adam did that, he was glorifying God because he was here representing God. God, just like the sun and man, Adam, just like the moon, God shined his glory right through Adam functioning as the purpose he gave him. But when man sinned, he fell short from the glory of God. That means he could no longer reflect God. He could no longer uh, glorify God. But God showed up on the scene and gave the promise of the sacrifice, the seed of the woman that would one day come, and this is how you're going to prove your faith is in him. You're going to offer animal sacrifices, just like I'll show you, said the Lord. And the Lord showed them how to do that. And from that, if, if they wanted to have anything to do with being able to represent God, it had to be through the sacrifice. Everybody okay this morning? It had to be. There is no glorifying God except through the sacrifice. That's why Jesus, that's the only reason that Jesus to us has become the brightness of God's glory, the express image of his person. Let's look at that this morning, Hebrews, since this is a Bible study, amen. Hebrews chapter 1. Let's look over there and see this. I want to show you this since we're talking about it. In verse 3, Hebrews 1, who being the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, here it comes, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down on the right hand of the majesty on high. The cross is how Christ glorified his Father. And it's how the Father glorified his Son. And it's how, it's how Christ became our hope of glory who lives now within us by his Holy Spirit. So everything God has ever done for men, associated with men, functioned in, in this world that he created with men must be by faith. So if it's true faith in Christ and what he did for us at Calvary, then there's glory. All these places that are crying out for the glory of God but refuse to put their faith in the cross alone, there will be no experience of the glory. Even though as a child of God, the hope of glory, who is Christ, dwells in them by his spirit, but that doesn't mean they have to abide in him, continue in him, and his word continue in them. It doesn't mean, and, and so if they don't know the way that God glo God's glory fills the house, then they'll have to start faking it to they make it, making up things as they go and calling that the glory, just as Kenneth Hagin and a lot of other false ministers through the years have tried to come along and teach all big, great things about faith instead of just childlike, simple faith in the cross of Christ that brings the glory in our lives. Praise God. <clears throat> Everything God's done has been for his glory. Everything. Even us throughout the ages Somebody's got a phone call. Oh, 
Everything God has done throughout the ages has only been for his glory. That's it. And everything that he does throughout the eons of ages to come, the Bible says even for us, he will show off his children uh, throughout the ages as trophies of his grace for his glory. It's always for the glory of God. God's never done anything that's not for his glory. So that's why we've got to find what God did that, that allows us to experience the glory that restored the glory, which is the sacrifice. It's not going to church that restored the glory. There wasn't a church till the cross, praise God. And even going to a place of worship today is not going to get you the glory of God. I want to read something to you this morning in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. In the days of Solomon, watch this, uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. There they were, they were present. It's the only thing that brought the fire from heaven. You ever say, well, boy, that Christian there, they're on fire for God. That's because their faith is in the cross. The fire still comes from heaven into our hearts if the faith is in the sacrifice. Watch this. And consume the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord fill the house. How about that? And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the, fi how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon, upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. This is a one thing you can highlight in your Bible that brings about true worship. There can be no true worship to God except through the sacrifice. It's the only way the fire of God, God, our God is a consuming fire. And when our faith is in the sacrifice, our hearts burn. Remember the two guys on the road to uh, uh, Emmaus with Jesus and while he talked with them about the scriptures and was you know, bringing revelation to, to them from the scriptures, it says their hearts burned. I'm telling you, if you're in a place where you, you've allowed the Lord to bring you back to faith and grace, bring you back to faith in the cross alone, that's why all of our testimonies is the same. It feels like I've been born again, again. I've got the fire of God, the Word of God shut up in my bones looking for a way just to get out. Man, it's like we've started all over with fresh fire. There is no fire from heaven except through our faith in the sacrifice because the sacrifice is the avenue for God's glory to come and to fill our hearts and for us to express that glory in the earth today. You know, when the Bible says, for the Lord is good and the Lord is holy and all the earth is full of his glory, well, it was before the fall because everything functioned in their purpose. But once we fell into sin, nothing any longer functions in its purpose. Nothing functions right on the entire planet except the Holy Spirit in the believer. 
is the only right functioning thing on the planet. I don't care about that washing machine you've got. My mama's got a freezer in her carport that we've had since the 60s, and that baby's still freezing, still froze full of food since the 60s. But I got news for you, it's going to quit. It's going to quit because it's not perfect. Nothing on the planet is. When sin came in, we lost the ability of walking in God's perfection. We lost the ability to have everything right to everything right and perfect. And let me tell you something. On your best day, something still broke. On your best day, you're still broke. Amen. But one, there's coming a day. When everything will be perfect again. Amen. We won't be trying to reach perfection. We will have attained it. One of these days it's going to happen soon. So I want to talk about that this morning. The glory of God filled the temple because sacrifices were being offered. And the prayers were right because their faith was right. They were offering sacrifices. And if you go back and read these stories, there were like 20-something thousand animals that were sacrificed. I mean, their faith was in it. You remember when uh, David went and had to get the Ark of the Covenant back that had been stolen and had been taken. And every few feet, now get this now, this is not imagination. This is, not, this is Bible. Every few feet he stopped and sacrificed. Because he had a revelation, the power of God is in the sacrifice. God is only pleased in the sacrifice. See, if God's not being pleased, he's not being glorified. You can't separate those two things with God. If God's not being pleased, he's not being glorified, and that is when he's dealing with people. It's impossible to please God without faith, and he can't be glorified without faith. Because he can't be glorified if, he, if he's not being pleased. If there's something that won't please God, that means it's out of God's will, and anything out of God's will can't glorify God. Amen. And I know there's a different... We're talking about God's people and getting God's people back on track and living uh, with the glory expression, the expression of God's glory within us. But now, God's going to be glorified even when he casts people off into hell in the lake of fire. Kind of quiet up in here because God's, one of God's purposes is that all would be saved. And when you refuse to do that, God's even got a place designated for those people to be moved out of the way. They're choosing to go. Now watch this this morning. All glory is to our Father in heaven forever and ever. That's what Galatians 1.5 says. So we've got to learn what glorifies the Father. The only thing that glorifies our Father is Jesus and what he did at Calvary. What he did at Calvary. The death of Jesus is what justified us, defeated the devil, not the resurrection. The resurrection was just a great declaration of the perfection of the sacrifice provided for us, the proof that it did work. Now, Jesus came to glorify his Father by obediently carrying out his will, which was to die on the cross for the sins of humanity. Remember, God can't be glorified by man unless man lives a complete life of obedience. Without the death of Jesus, all his obedience before that meant nothing. 
It meant nothing. He had to die an obedient man. And his act of death was even an act of obedience because he was sent with the command to die. He, listen, God wasn't looking for a man that could get nine out of ten things right. God, for us to make heaven, God had to have a man. For anybody to get to heaven, they've got to get it all right. Complete perfection and righteousness or you can't get to heaven. So Jesus had to live his whole life not only obeying God his Father in every jot and tittle, fulfilling all the law with his life lived as a perfect man led by the Spirit, living by the grace of God, but he had to die in that condition. And his death was a part of the, the greatest part of that. Because it wasn't his miracles that saved anybody. It was him dying as an obedient man. That glorified God. A man had lived his entire life never committing a sin and allowed all the sins of humanity to be placed on him as our sin-bearing offering and died in our place. That glorified God. And that's the only avenue of receiving the glory. It's not purple haze coming in the room. It's not light bulbs popping out. It is Jesus giving his life, glorifying God as a perfect man, a perfect Savior, the perfect Lamb of God, laying his life down in an act of obedience, his final act of obedience that allowed him to be called fully obedient. And because now we have someone who's done that for us, then our faith can be in him, and God sees that faith, and he is glorified. When God sees our simple faith in Christ, now hear me this morning, Christ and what he did at Calvary, not just Jesus. Jesus, this, and I've been saying this a lot lately, and I'm going to keep saying it. The song in heaven today is not worthy as the Lamb that walked on water, was raised from the dead, healed the sick, and performed miracles. The song in heaven now is worthy as the lamb that was slain. Slain to take away our sin. That's what made him worthy to walk over and take the seal from the Father's hand on the throne. That's the only thing that allows us to come into the throne room to receive mercy and grace. What he did, not what we do. What he did. He is the brightness of God's glory. If you want to see a little bit more of God's glory, then you've got to look a little bit more intent at Christ and what he did at Calvary. Mm. God says if anyone is going to glory, going to boast, they need to make sure they boast in that they know him and understand him. And I quote that all the time. It's in Jeremiah 9 and 24. I'm going to read it this morning because I'm going to show you how the Old Testament is attached to the New Testament. There's not a different God in the Old and now a different God in the New. There's not a, there, there's not, listen, God's always only had one plan and that's to get men, women, and children to him <coughs> through his son Jesus. Even the Old Testament, the only difference between the Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints is not salvation, it's sanctification. 
They were saved, and they didn't, they, they didn't have the, the, the better hope that we do, the better promises that we do in the Old Covenant. They were still saved, but they couldn't go to heaven. They had to go to Abraham's bosom. They had to go to paradise. But guess where they are today? They're in heaven with the Lord because Jesus went and got them. Yes. Led them out of captivity in Ephesians chapter 4. But we have better promises than them. But they were saved, we're saved. The difference is sanctification. The difference is they could never be sanctified within like you and I can be. We can be matured, conformed into his image. Well, listen, we have a perfect, clear conscience that we've been totally forgiven of all sin. They didn't have that. They knew on the Day of Atonement that they'd be right back the next year with more bloody animals because God was never pleased with animals because it was just a type and a shadow. Listen, we're no longer living in types and shadow. We're walking in the light with the one who said, I am the light, the reality of, of, of a relationship and fellowship with God. Amen. We're not living in types and shadows anymore, praise the Lord. So watch this in Jeremiah 9, 24. We're attaching the old with the new. Now, this is going to shock a lot of you, but you need to be shocked. You need to be shocked really good because, I mean, you know, there's a lot of Christians who are just going through the motions. They're miserable. And I, when the message of the cross came to me, it was kind of like, you ever seen one of them hospital movies where somebody's laying there and they say, we've lost them. They grab those things and they say, clear, and they touch it. Bam! That's what happened when I got the revelation of the cross. Woohoo! that hurt but look I'm alive glory to God hey Amen. I didn't like that but it brought life it's what happened to all of us we didn't like it when we first heard it but bam Ugh. we needed that mama I don't I can't believe you're gonna let that old doctor stick me with that needle that long what's wrong with you don't you love me mama Amen. it hurts at first and along the way. It's called being conformed, being chastened by a loving heavenly father. So Jeremiah says this in chapter 9, verse 24, but let him that glories, and that word means boasts, glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness. Remember what we heard in Wednesday night's message, Jeremiah 31.3 says it was with his loving kindness that he drew us. Watch this. I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, says the Lord. These three things only take place in someone's life when their faith is in the cross. They've received his loving kindness. They've received the judgment of God against their sins at Calvary. They've become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In the earth, for in these things I delight, says the Lord. And the Lord don't delight in anything that doesn't take faith in our hearts. It takes faith for him to be delighted with us. So when our faith is in the cross, that means we've stepped into a place now where we know God. And we understand God. We don't know everything there is to know about God, but my wife knows me. She don't know everything there is to know about me. Nobody knows everything about anybody. And surely not God. That clock up there is as dead as I used to be. It hadn't moved since I put that new battery in there. <laughs> 
It reminds us of us. We, we just, we, in these churches we used to be in, man, we'd go there and they wasn't preaching the cross. It's like putting old dead battery in. We're going to charge you up, son, with this, this lie and that lie, and we'd leave there like, why well, ain't changed a bit? That clock up there ain't moved a leg. Put a brand new battery. We tried something new. Well, you know what? You know what? Reality is that clock is broke. So what do you have to have? Not a new battery. What do you have to have? A new clock. That's why Christ died for us. We didn't need a new battery. We needed a whole new person. We'll throw that clock. We'll, we'll do what Pastor Wayne Ball says. We'll toss that out in the yard. So we don't know everything there is to know about God, but the good news is we do know God, and we boast in that we know God. And we don't understand everything that God has ever done, will ever do, but we do understand God. We understand God. What do we understand? We understand the three things been mentioned here, that he does love us with great everlasting loving kindness, that he has judged sin at Calvary, that he has offered us to impute unto us his righteousness. He, we understand those things. Those, those are the main things. That's, that's how you know God. That's how you understand God. The Bible says uh, in John 17, 3, this is eternal life, that you know the one true God and his Son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent. Now, he, the Holy Spirit had to add that, or we could have just took that one verse and got out there and got to worshiping tree frogs and stuff. And people will anyway, but the Holy Spirit knows it's the one true God and his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent. And when you accept him as Lord and Savior, not the, not the Jesus the Catholics believe in, not the Jesus that uh, uh, the Mormons believe in that was married to Martha and all, all that and had kids, not, not the Jesus the, the Jehovah's Witness believe in, not, not all, they got all those folk got a different Jesus. Our Jesus is the Son of the living God, the Lamb of God that came to take my sin away by himself, purged me from my sins. Hallelujah. I didn't help him. I, was, I wasn't there trying to do anything. I was there dying in him as he represented me to that degree, period. Amen. Amen. That's our Jesus. Amen. Our Jesus, born of a virgin, raised the third day from the dead. Our Jesus. Sits at the right hand of the Father. Our Jesus. All those, all those other Jesuses. The, we're not, we don't have the same Jesus as those under the law. They got another Jesus. Even though they've been born again, they've opted out of that Jesus and they've accepted another Jesus now that says, you got to do the law. My Jesus said, I'll never lead you under the law. They've made up their own Jesus. If you go back under the law, it's because you, you're following a wrong Jesus. As we'll see here next week probably, Paul says you've removed yourself from the true Jesus. Amen. So to thank your following Jesus, to go back under the law, there's many scriptures that says the Holy Spirit's not going to lead you there. You've been delivered from the law. Jesus died to get you out of the law. Amen. So, so watch this now. Let him that glories or boast, boast in this, that he understands and knows me. Has the knowledge of who I am. Now, Paul comes along in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, 
And you remember, when you study the Word, you have to rightly divide the Word, which means righteously divide the Word, which means you have to see it in truth. Because to be able to righteously or rightly divide God's Word, you must see it in the only avenue through which righteousness comes, which is the truth. Amen. Jesus is our truth. He's the only avenue of offered, imputed righteousness to anybody. And about one of my favorite scriptures in these days has been Proverbs twelve seventeen. You need to highlight it. You need to make a note. You need to believe it more than anything. He that speaks truth shows forth the righteousness of God. Righteousness. There's no righteousness outside of Christ and the sacrifice for you and me. But a false witness shows deceit. Did you hear that? If truth is being spoken, righteousness is being revealed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you're rightly, righteously dividing the Word of God, that means truth is coming together to paint a picture for you of the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that you are now, but the focus is still Him, not you. Amen. You're not creator. You're not a new creator. You're not God. You're not a little God. You're a born-again child of God. Amen. Paul says, but God forbid, Galatians 6, 14, God forbid that I should glory, that I should boast, save, that means except, in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now what we're doing this morning again is we're bringing the old up to the new and with the new reminding ourselves of what, happened, what was said in the old through the prophets that Jesus said we're surely speaking about him. Folks that throw out the Old Testament are throwing out much revelation. Can I remind you this morning that all the apostle Paul had was Genesis through Malachi, and he preached Christ. Yeah. Woo, that's powerful to me. So why are you going to throw it out? Yeah. When Jesus said, the scriptures are concerning me, why am I going to throw out what's concerning Jesus? You know what they say? Well, uh, they were under the law. Yeah, they were under the law, and, and, but the mystery was there. Now it's been, it's been opened up and revealed, and we can, as the New Testament says, go back in the Old and learn, not go back and be bound under the law, but learn what all the types and shadows mean, how God dealt with his people when he, when he found them believing in him, how he dealt with them when he found them rejecting him. I was talking with Robin last night about it. Do you know that Israel never lost a battle as long as they were trusting God? It's an impossibility because faith can't lose, can't be defeated. But every time they would move their faith from the sacrifice to other gods and start offering their own children and offering this and that to these false gods, God would bring diseases on them. God would allow them to be captured by the enemy. Can I tell you, you need to learn from the old, that still happens. You're not just in now and claiming you got a hedge of blood around you. If you don't keep your faith in the cross, my friend, the devil will come. He will lie. You will believe it. And you already have if you've moved your faith from the cross. And he will, he will steal, kill, and he will devour you. 
It's not no maybe about it. And we need to understand that. If we're rightly dividing the word, if we're sitting under preachers, ministers who are not righteously dividing God's word, which can only happen as the truth comes forth. God's word is truth, my friend. I know people saying, well, the whole Bible's truth, brother. Yes, but the whole Bible is in also in the context of the man who said, I am the truth. And the scriptures, the word of God that is truth, it's about me. So we got to preach Jesus with the Word of God. And the only thing we can preach about Jesus with the Word of God that gets us the benefits He died to give us is what He did at Calvary. Thank God we can preach on healing. We can preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We can teach on how to have a blessed marriage, how to train your children up. But if all that's not attached to Calvary, the truth won't be there for you to put your faith in. You'll be putting your faith in what you need to do for your wife, what you need to do for your husband. It won't work. Amen. Amen. Although we, there's things we need to do, but if initially if our faith is not in the cross, that marriage can't function bringing glory to God. Amen. Amen. God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and unto the world. So what we're pointing out right here this morning is that God, the Holy Ghost, through the prophet Jeremiah said, listen, you better tell folks if they're going to glory, they better glory only in that they know me and understand me. Then Paul comes up years and hundreds of years later, 800 to 1,000, somewhere in there years later, and says, look, I'm not glorying in nothing except the cross. Well, what does that tell us today? That glorying in the cross is our avenue of glorying in knowing and understanding God. There is no other avenue to glory in and boast in that we know and understand God except through the sacrifice. Some man from the overseas told me last weekend, he said, well, the only reason Paul said he was determined to know nothing else in this scripture that he, for, he, he didn't want to glory in nothing, he, but he only said that to the church in Corinth and the church in Galatia. I'm thinking, wow. Well, I guess we can rip those two things out of our Bible. Because he wasn't saying that to us. And if that's the case, my friends, you can throw your Bible in the trash. You know what this morning, though, the good news is God's Word is to you. I'm talking about from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22, whatever the last verse is. I'm talking about if God said it, it's for me and told me, Curtis, if you want to live, you'll live by what I say to you. and And what I say to you will only be in my Word. And it'll only come through faith in my son and what he did for you at Calvary. The Bible says it's the blood that speaks. Hebrews 12, 24. It's the blood. Jesus, what's it say in Hebrews 1 and 1 in times past? God spoken to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he's spoken to us by his son. And Hebrews 12, 24 talks about how it's the blood of Jesus that speaks better things than that of Abel. So if you're hearing from God, it's because you're hearing through the sacrifice. If you're not hearing God, if your faith is not in the sacrifice, my friend, the only thing you're hearing from God is that you need to get back to the sacrifice. So everybody that's out there kicking against the, the, the sting, the pricks, the goad, well, I don't like Brother Swagger, and I don't like that country hick hillbilly from Cass County, Queen City. Well, you better learn to love us because we're giving you the truth, hallelujah. 
And until you come back to faith and grace, faith in the cross, what you call hearing all that other flaked out stuff from God, you ain't hearing God, my friend. You're hearing what you want to hear. Your mind is a powerful thing, and it can make you think, plus the devil working with it, that and your flesh together, make you think you're hearing from God, and all you're doing is, all you're doing is remembering Bible verses that you've read, you've quoted. If the Holy Spirit's talking to you, he's talking Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo! It's time we just get on back to the reality of the Bible. Jesus said when he comes, he's going to speak of me. He's going to speak of mine. He's going to remind you of truth. Hallelujah. He's not going to be talking about the colors of frogs and the history of America. He's going to be talking about me. Praise God. Mm, I like what I heard Brother Swaggart say the other day. He said, when, and it, I don't remember exactly what he said about our government. When He said, when the angels in heaven heard that, that some decisions had been made in our government that was some of the best decisions they'd ever been made, he said it didn't move them one lick. It didn't move them. They could care less about what happens as far as this and all the benefits and all this stuff. He said, but when one lost sinner gets saved, heaven begins to roar loud with praises. Hallelujah. Because that's what they're looking for. Folks getting saved and folks living saved. Because that's what astounds an angel. That's what makes their minds just go dizzy. Man, what is this? See, they've not experienced what we've experienced. We've been redeemed by the blood. Are we seeing that this morning? God says in Isaiah 42 and 8, I am the Lord, that is my name. Think about that. Lord, he says, I am the Lord, and that is my name. That Lord means covenant God. Covenant. I am whatever you need me to be. I am the Lord, that is my name. And my glory will I not give to another. Neither my praise to graven images. Well, I thought I had the glory of God. I thought I had Christ in me, the hope of glory. He's not talking about that. He's talking about the glory that he deserves, the glory that he has as being God. You ain't getting that, my friend. You can call yourself a little God and be a liar. You're not a little God. You're not God, period. You're a representer of God only if your faith is in the cross alone. I know people don't like that, but you know what? It ain't about what we like or don't like. It's about what God said. We get in trouble when we, when we start hearing a lie that makes us mad about what God said. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. That's how we're in the mess we're in today. The devil, that voice, that other voice outside the voice that speaks this Bible, that other voice that comes and says, uh, you don't need to listen to them. They had, they, they, they had sin in their life. Well, we're so deceived, we forget we got sin in our own. Well, I ain't listening to them. I heard about what they did. What about what you doing now? We're deceived. We, well, I'm perfect. They're not. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> That's a shameful word, isn't it? For us to think we are. God says he ain't giving his glory to another. He did give us Christ. That's the only avenue of glory which we'll experience, which is everything because in Him, He meets every need we have according to His riches in glory through Christ Jesus. But that, for somebody to say, I'm a little God, that's the same lie the devil said. I'll be like God. That's what got Adam and Eve in trouble. The devil said, you can be like God. You can, but you can't be God. 
Matter of fact, the Lord wants you to be like him. But it only happens through his avenue, not yours. And he won't give you his glory. Listen, ain't nobody going to be praising the church for all eternity. Every time somebody even looks at you, now pride won't like this this morning. But even one day when you are perfect, when you're with the Lord, you've been perfected, you've reached perfection because your faith has been in the blood of Christ, ain't nobody going to be praising you still. When somebody sees Curtis a million eons from now, they're not even going to say, uh, uh, you're really something, aren't you? Man, when anybody even looks at me, when we're ambassadors for Christ in the thousand-year reign of Christ on this earth as it is now, when somebody sees you coming, Gladys, they're going to see Christ. You're going to not have any hindrances in that day. And when they see you coming on a mission from him, and they will know you are coming from him because you're going to look like him. And I don't mean as a man with his hair. I'm talking about you. we are going in that day to represent him to such a degree that when they see us coming, to, they're going to know we've been sent before we ever get there and, and, and do what God has sent us to do. There won't be any hindrance in my flesh. I won't get there and mess it up. And I will be fully representing him. I won't be building my own kingdom back here and trying to represent Christ. I won't be building a, a church and building my own little thing and behind the curtain and, and trying to represent Christ. I will completely right out in the open, nothing under the back, under the burner, nothing hidden, nothing under the table. It will be all Christ. Ain't nobody going to be praising us. Ain't nobody going to be bowing down to us. And thank God for that. We're going to be the ones for eternity worshiping our God for his great glory. Amen. Mm. Watch this now, Romans 4, 19 and 20. We've got about eight minutes left. Romans 4, 19 and 20. And the reason we're talking about the glory today is because Galatians 1, 5 says, To whom be glory forever and ever talking about our father he is looking in the earth today for glory what is it that's all he's looking for that's why he's looking for true worshipers he finds true worshipers there he's glorified he's not glorified in by anybody anything else he's not pleased with anything else outside of true faith and that faith is the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us. And that's the faith we operate by. That's the faith we live by. His faith. Amen? Amen. Romans 4, 19 and 20. And being not weak in faith, he considered Abraham not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old. Well, we need to learn a little something about that. We said and didn't think we did. Hang on now. When he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Everybody say, strong in faith, giving glory to God. How do we give glory to God? It ain't by coming to church and saying, I give you glory. Uh, if your faith is in the cross, you're giving God glory, guaranteed. Because if you're in the faith, 
you can give glory to God. Outside of faith in the cross, you can't give glory to God. You can go to church, you can play that music that makes your hairs tingle and, you, and the neck, hair on your neck stand up, and you can feel something, but you can't give God glory. But you, you hadn't heard our praise and worship, Brother Curtis. If your faith is not in the cross alone, you can't give God glory. The only avenue for God to give us glory was by giving us Jesus. The brightness of God's glory, the express image of his person, is Jesus. What does John 1.14 say? The Word became flesh and we beheld his glory. Jesus is the glory of God. So God's avenue of glory to us to put the hope of glory in us, uh, who is Christ Jesus, the spirit of his spirit living in us, is through the cross, the sacrifice. And as we teach here, and rightly so using scriptures, the only way that we can love God is with the love he loved us with, and that was through the cross. Only avenue of receiving mercy, grace, anything God's got is not just Jesus, but what Jesus did at Calvary. For through his obedient act of death, God was glorified, and that glory is what we have in us, the glory of Christ, the hope of glory living in us. Everybody with me this morning? So for years I might have stood, and I don't care who it is out there saying a different. I can prove them wrong in the Word of God. If they want to sit down with the Bible, it doesn't matter. We'll sit down and, and use God's Word as long as we can understand the focus is Christ and what He did at Calvary. If you can't get that, if you can't come to grips with that, no, you're not going to be in agreement with what we believe about the Word. you got your own thing going. Amen. Kind of quiet in here this morning. Maybe we need to have had the meeting outside where it's about 40 degrees. I bet we'd have been shouting in, glory to God. <laughs> So all those years I was saying, I give you glory, I give you glory, but my faith was in all that I was doing. The words I spoke, because I was followers of teachers of that, the believer's voice of victory. Not the believer's faith that brings victory through Christ, but the believer's voice of victory, or faith in this, or faith in that. I can't give glory to God from the law. And the law is not ten commandments. The law is my doing anything thinking that I'm righteous initially or that I'm being led down the path of righteousness by what I'm doing. God's leading me today because I'm doing all these things. I fasted three days and I did this, that, and the other, and I didn't do those three things. And that's why the Holy Spirit's leading me. No, no, He's not leading you based on what you do. He's leading you only based on what Christ did and your faith in that alone. See, this is just good teaching. This is just what the church needs. A lot of people won't accept it. Jesus said that. Bible teaches many are going to be seduced and fall away from the faith. They're going to leave the faith, which is the Word of God in the context of Christ and Him crucified. They're not going to listen to it. They're going to make excuses about men and their past sinful lives. They're going to, but, but it's all really based on their sinful, moral, sin, morally sinful issues. Because to have my faith in anything other than the cross is a sin. Mm. Amen. Are we getting anything this morning? I know we are. Strong in faith, giving glory to God. We threw away years. That's why we can sing the song, Wasted Years. We wasted years. 
But you know what? We don't need to be mad about it. We need to thank God. At least we're not wasting another day. We were deceived. We were, we were eating what was put on the table, which is deceitful lusts. Messages full of deceitful lust, and we were eating that and running with it. We were praising God and glorifying God, we thought, but we weren't. Because only in the faith can God be glorified. We talked about it the very onset of this meeting. Forever and ever glorious to our God. Galatians 1.5, to whom be glory forever and ever. What did he say in verse 4 before he talked about God being glorified? Watch this. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father to whom be, to whom be glory forever and ever. He didn't say so now we could live above sin or now that we could do these things. And, and he said Christ who gave himself for us so we could be delivered through faith in that to whom God be glorified forever and ever. Are you getting that this morning? There is no glorifying God outside of faith in the cross. The church right down the road that way, the one down this way. How about the 40 million that way and the 20 million that way? And how about all these other churches? I'm not talking about every church, but if all these places of they call worship, they're not even worshiping God in spirit and truth because their faith is not in the cross. They can't glorify God. They can want to. They can cry. They can do all these things and be led by their emotions. But we need to get back to being led by the Spirit. If we're led by the Spirit, we'll find the life of Christ and the only avenue of glorifying our God. Amen? Amen. Time is about to run out. One last thing. Jesus taught in John 15 that if you, if you, if you abide in me and my word abides in you and you bear Fruit, more fruit, much fruit, fruit that remains, our Heavenly Father will be glorified. See, there's another confirmation. It's only as we bear fruit, the fruit, not our fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit being allowed to work in our lives who will only do that if we keep our faith in the cross. And that, my friends, is the, is the purpose of the letter to the Galatian churches so that God could keep us in the place he could function, fruit could be bare, and his glory, he could be glorified. Fruit is not to, uh, for me. Fruit is for the glory of God. Amen? Yeah. Lord, thank you for this session today. Thank you for this teaching. I pray, Lord, that you would use it to change your people's hearts. To, Lord, to bring those to true faith in who you really are and what you've really done on the cross for all who will believe. I thank you for this holiday weekend called Thanksgiving we're having. And Lord, today we're more thankful for the cross of Jesus Christ than anything else. For through that avenue we know you, we boast in our knowledge of you, and our understanding of you, because you gave it to us. Through your love for us, in the offering of your Son, and we would simply only ask for more revelation of this, and that you'd bless the people, Lord, with the knowledge of your word in truth, that they might grow and rejoice, giving you glory every step of their way, on their way to being with you one day, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Praise the Lord. See you next week.